You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to Thrive. With lots of fear and talk about economic scarcity, I thought it would be good to actually get grounded in a discussion about taking responsibility for agency revenue. Today, I'm joined by Roan Morgan, co-founder and CEO of Demand Lab, an agency delivering marketing-led customer experience strategy and execution services for B2B companies. Roan, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks, Kelly. I am really happy to be here and also looking forward to being able to talk through this with you. So your job as a CEO is, in your words, to be the eternal optimist, which I love. As we all know, fear and worry, especially in times like right now, can be all-consuming. So can you talk a little bit about your mindset as an agency leader? Sure. I What I loved about this topic when you presented it is that I could really identify with how easy it is to kind of fall into worry and fear. When am I going to get that next client? Uh, what if I lose this client? That sort of thing. And as the lead salesperson at Demand Lab for years, and the one that has to kind of keep us moving forward in terms of what we're doing for our clients, with our clients, that's always heavy on one's mind. But I learned very early on that I had to push out any of those dark thoughts and set them into a box and never, you know, just like never open it. Obviously, you have to be realistic around what's going on in the world. You have to think about what's happening in the economy. How might that affect your particular clients in your industry and that sort of thing. But a great example is when I'm in a sales conversation and I might be talking to, say, the CFO here at Demand Lab, and he's like, hey, we could really use that client. We could really you know, use another client. And I say, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't need that client. If I start to think that we are desperate for another client or I start to really feel needy, that's going to come out in the conversation. 100%. So I think that goes back to the mindset, right? You have to be willing to what I have called blank slate it. Like all of that stuff goes out. My brain is just here to learn about the client or the prospect, wow them with all of our amazing services and get them excited about working with us. But I cannot go back to thinking, gosh, we really need this client. That brings that sort of dark cloud over the conversation, I think. Yeah. Like if you don't make the sale, it's fine being totally unattached to that outcome. um, Yeah. comes through in the conversation. And on the other end, the prospect definitely feels that. Yeah. And I think that the detachment from needing that next client also helps you really make sure that you're able to determine if you truly are the right fit, the right mutual fit. And it also helps even within client services when you're working with an existing client. With this mindset, you can be sure that what you're suggesting that the client does next 
is really truly in their own interest. Because if we're recommending something and it's just because we want to make more revenue from that client, that's not right. And ultimately that will degrade the relationship. So if our focus is always on what is the best next thing for the client, and sometimes it is actually not moving forward. Maybe it's not growth. Maybe it's actually us not taking on a new project that they've asked us to get involved with. And we all have to be okay with that. And I really think that that sort of blank slating helps you be much more successful in the end. I believe that's part of our success. It also helps you to stay in integrity is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Very good way of putting it. You're right. Very incise way of bringing that together for me. You're right. Absolutely. Which is a huge part of who we are. Right. And if that is a core value, you know, always going back to those core values. So one of the things that we've talked about before is as you evolve as an agency owner, you kind of go through these different phases, right? What you may have started out as, as a practitioner, then you become a manager of people. And then all of a sudden you're looking around and you have a whole leadership team. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of being comfortable when there are external influences out of your control? Yeah, I think one thing certainly is that to be an entrepreneur or an agency owner, you have to be comfortable with these things. We talked a little bit about that, where a lot of people go into this world thinking, well, now I can control everything, but there's a bit of fallacy around that, right? It's even, I would even go beyond the using the word comfort mm-hmm. to using the word seeking out. So really embracing that the understanding that there are, are a lot of things out of your control. And so you can do planning and that's what we do. We have our annual plan and we, once we have our annual plan, then we do some scenario planning. So we kind of tear down from there. What are the few scenarios that could happen so that we can be agile enough to course correct if we need to. And we know what the impact would be of the organization with all of those choices, all of those sort of corrective moves And we create that not in a bubble, but we create that with our managers and we communicate around that with our team so that there's a lot of clarity. If we're making a decision, it's not out of the blue. It's usually going to be something that is well understood throughout the organization. So you have to be, as a leader and an owner, comfortable with uncertainty, but also part of my job now as not the practitioner anymore but as the person who is fully responsible for the well-being of every team member, it is helping them be comfortable with uncertainty, as comfortable as they can be. Not every, I am not risk averse, right? So I'm very open and I embrace risk, but we have some team members that are very risk averse. And so it's a matter of how do you sort of help them understand where we're coming from, why choices are made, and also participate and be a part of that. Yeah. I love kind of how you frame that and and that you're making space for everyone's tolerance around risk, right? Because a lot of the employees, they may think that they're, you know, a little bit more risk tolerant, but in many cases, if they were, they may have been starting their own agencies. It's not for everyone, right? No. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) For the select few of us who uh, (laughs) dare to go. (laughs) So let's talk about this a little bit. How do you think about or define actually taking responsibility for the revenue of your agency? 
So we look at revenue, we plan out every year what our goals are. And that's based on our existing clients, the expansion of those clients and net new clients. And I'm still the head of sales here at Demand Lab. So I am involved in every conversation with net new clients. And we've got an incredible team that is involved and responsible for our existing clients and how they will grow, which is a very natural thing for them to go through, right? So account, the account team, which they're called the client success strategy team, they're all about what are the client's needs on a strategic level for next year and even longer term. We'll work with them on multi-year projects. So we have a, well, a pretty strong understanding of what our clients need. From a new sales perspective, we have our goals in place and we put our marketing team to work and we are really transparent with the organization. We report every month how we're doing in terms of our own funnel and conversion rates. And we let the team know if you know we're meeting our goals or if we're not meeting our goals. I think that at the end of the day, the revenue responsibility lands on me and I have to be really transparent with the organization about where we're going. If we're meeting our goals, how are, how close are we to meet to meeting our annual goals? So there's a lot of transparency in every monthly team meeting, our quarterly meetings and that sort of thing. I'd say the other thing for agency owners to consider in terms of taking responsibility for your revenue is investing in building business. When you start out a lot of times, and this is a transition that we've certainly gone through, a lot of your business is built through word of mouth or networking. And that's great early on. Still, most of our new business is built on referrals and recommendations and our great reputation in the market. But we have also really need to carve out the dollars to invest in our marketing and to invest in ourselves more and more over the years. And I think a lot of agencies might hesitate a little bit around that because obviously that eats right into the profit, but you will not grow significantly, I think, without making that investment. So that's part of it as well being okay to take that profit and really reinvest it back into the growth of your business. Yeah. And also I'm assuming that what you're talking about in that realm is kind of creating a really diverse mix of organic inbound, maybe some paid inbound, maybe some outbound business development. Maybe you're doing, you know, speaking engagements or podcasts like this one, you know, so thinking about all of the ways in which you can diversify that business development mix and not just solely rely on those referrals. That to me is one of the, the things that is the most responsible when it comes to agency revenue, especially in periods where there is, you know, sort of this ebb and flow uh, in the economy. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It is around the diversity. And I think it's especially at marketing agencies, they're like, we're marketers, right? We know what we're doing. We can do it ourselves. But for us, a big move was expanding our own marketing team. It's like the cobbler's children have no shoes, right? So for years and years, it was 
we weren't investing enough in our team, uh, our marketing organization. It was me and another woman who was just phenomenal in uh, her teamwork with me. But as we grew that, developing our writers, a, a designer, and that sort of thing, just really creating our own marketing team, which is what we do for our clients, right. you know. And looking at your huge... demand lab as a client, right? So- yeah. 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 We've talked about that and we've covered that on the show a couple of times in different conversations, Mm. but I think it's always worth repeating really, because if you say that you're going to look at yourself as a client, but you don't really invest in it properly the way that you would with a non-you client, Mm -hmm. um, things are always going to fall to the back burner. And that's where we kind of get into this, this issue. Um, So I think that's, that's really great. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. One of the things that I'm curious about is you mentioned before about how you share the marketing results based on your mm-hmm. that you set forth with your entire team. I'm also wondering about the transparency of revenue and other financial metrics with the team, how bonuses and things like that are structured given potential economic uh, downturn and things like that. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we've actually gone through a number of iterations around this. As you would expect, we've been around for 13 or 14 years. So we're always, and the iterations are not, they're actually all based on how much more can we share? How much more can we give? That sort of thing. How much more can we do for our team? So I have this saying that is don't expect perfection, but always be perfecting. And so that's kind of what we've been doing. But we are really transparent with our team around what are our goals for the year. And then we break that into quarters. And then we even look at how, where are we at on a monthly basis. That's actually getting a little bit into the minutia. So the team, well, as much as they like that, I think a quarterly basis is probably fine. But we're looking as an executive team at the numbers on a monthly basis. Um, to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. And then we can make any sort of course corrections in the moment if we need to. We do have a bonus program that we recently implemented. It was just last year where we changed it. So we, we had already always had some program in place. I wanted to put more of the weight on the individual contribution rather than revenue, because it was the individual contribution that would help to get us to meet our goals but sometimes maybe we aren't always meeting our revenue goals. And I didn't want to tie a person's potential bonus and income to whether or not we hit our goals. Because if I didn't get the sales in, or if clients made different decisions, those aren't always in the control of every individual at this company. So we shifted that to be to make sure that our individual goals are tied to our business goals of growth and created a very objective way of measuring the execution of those goals. 
And then we flow that through from the managers into every person. And we also created a tremendous amount of transparency in talking about what are you know KPIs. I think oftentimes you have your KPI on the quarter and you don't talk about it until the end of the quarter. And so it's like, surprise, this is what you got. That doesn't really work. And it's not fair. It's not correct to do with a, any team member. So we actually have worked that into our one-on-one conversations. and But we also want people talking about this at least four times during the quarter, like really discussing that within the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So what's going right? What isn't going right? Is there a modification that we need to make because something changed in the market so it's no longer achievable? We need to be fair around that as well. And so at the end of every quarter, there is the assessment and a bonus attached to that, but also at the end of the year, something related to a bonus, which is related to our revenue goals. And we talked a little bit about this at the beginning where I was thinking about how there are profit sharing programs that a lot of companies have put in place, which I think is really neat. But I like that ours is tied to revenue because profit is something that really can change quite a lot depending on your business strategies, uh, the economy, et cetera. But revenue is, I think, something that, you know, that's what I'm focused on is meeting our annual revenue goals. And so to me, that just seems like a more appropriate target to, to use. And then finally, we also have other, a lot of other things that are part of our, our bonus program. One of them is a milestone anniversary. So, you know, when you're hitting some of these bigger numbers, we've had a few people who hit seven years recently, five years. And so there are just these sort of extra congratulatory bonuses that are fun to have in place. Yeah, that's great. And just back for a second to what you were talking about with the profit. I think that's a really important point to make, which is why I want to put a pin in that for a second, Mm. because sometimes a strategy from an agency leadership team is, you know, this year or next year, we're going to invest in some professional development or some conscious leadership coaching, or we're going to do something that is going to directly impact our profit, right? And that shouldn't be something that impacts the employees if there's a profit sharing in place. So I love the fact that you said that and brought that up and, and it's just something to consider, you know, for those who are listening or watching. So Roan, as we start to wrap up here, for any of the agency leaders who are a little fearful about what's been talked about with the economic downturn potential, that economic scarcity mindset, which is more my term, and potentially making decisions from that lens, what advice would you give sitting in your seat? There are a few things I would suggest. One is working with a coach. I do think working with a coach is a really important uh, sort of addition to your toolbox as an owner, especially because they can be pretty objective. They can help you get outside of your head. (laughs) And sometimes you get really inside of our head. Learning how you yourself can blank slate. I am not perfect at it, but I practice meditation. And so if you can figure out What can your approach be to like eliminating that fear and worry, I think is another thing. The other, there's a fantastic book that I read. I think it was last year and I recommended it to so many people. It is called Start With No. Mm -hmm. You heard of this book? What I love about it is that it helps you, it helps you detach a little bit and it helps you, it puts you more into that 
power position in any conversation you're having. I've even had, I've even used this with my 13 year old daughter, to be honest. I feel like if it could and work it works. on your old daughter, it could work on anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> having been works. one myself, I can attest. <laughs> it totally works. But I mean, I think that also, yeah, it's just about finding some great resources. And this book was a great resource, I think, just for helping even my team understand. Don't think that we need any of these things. Obviously, we want to grow our business so that we can provide more to our team and that sort of thing. But we're really healthy. We're in great shape. There are no fires right now. So just the first thing is to make sure that we're a great mutual fit. And it doesn't always have to be. And I think that just sort of opened the mind of some of our team members so they were more comfortable when something wasn't a good fit. Yeah, no, that's Mm -hmm. great. I think that's great advice. I appreciate that. And I think that that's even more poignant given the timeframe that we're kind of, you know, looking at ahead where everyone is kind of feeling like, oh, well, in maybe in a different time period in sometime in 2022, I may have been able to do that. But now there's so much uncertainty that I've got to say yes, even if something is not a fit. And I think it's important to go back and realize that you know exactly what's going to happen. If you say yes to a client that is not a good fit and you know it intuitively, you know it from the sales process, from all of those discovery conversations, trust your instinct because you know that it's going to really impact your team in a negative way. Whatever money you do bring in is not going to be worth it. (laughs) You know, so Mm -hmm. just keeping keeping steadfast to to that ideology and that mindset of, you know, it's okay. We're not a fit for everyone. And we want to attract those clients that are ideal, even in a potential recession. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ron. This has been a really, really great conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it as well. It was great to have a chat with you today. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.